On Sunday, January 26, we celebrated Vision Sunday. Three services combined. We shared lunch together. We talked about visioning and imagining our strong foundation, propelling to a strong future. It was a wonderful morning. And then all of a sudden, Saturday, March 14th, I find myself in the office sending you an email indicating that we're suspending all worship services. Then we had to call some of the staff and they came into an empty sanctuary to record a worship service staring into a camera lens. And that is exactly what we were not planning for this year. There is a particular story in the Bible that I hope that we can resonate with and bring some perspective to what is happening to us today. So I'm asking you to have your Bibles ready and have it in the Old Testament, 1 Chronicles chapter 17. And in just a moment, I will read verses 1 through 10, and then I'll skip to verses 13 through 15. But before we get there, let me set it up. So David, King David is worshiping and leading the people into a worship time morning and evening near the ark. In ancient times, the ark was the place set up for that people, for people to come and worship and present their offerings. They would have people at the gates, just like we have today, ushers. And then they would all go home. So this moment in the story, David has returned and has gone home. And this is how the story unfolds. First Chronicles chapter 17, verses 1 through 10. When David settled in his house, David said to the prophet Nathan, and Nathan is David's good friend and God's prophet, and that tells us he was a man of wisdom and influence. And this is what David says, I am living in a house of cedar, and that means a very nice home. And then he continues on, but the ark of the covenant of the Lord is under a tent. Folks, in other words, there's improvements needed, and he believes that we need to do something different to give God the proper worship. Verse 2, Nathan said to David, do all that you have in mind, for God is with you. Please notice Nathan's initial agreeing with David, followed by his immediate advice. Verse 3, but that same night, the word of the Lord came to Nathan, saying, Go and tell my servant David, thus says the Lord, You shall not build me a house to live in, for I have not lived in a house since the day I brought out Israel to this very day, but I have lived in a tent and a tabernacle. Wherever I have moved about among all of Israel, did I ever speak a word with any of the judges of Israel whom I commanded to shepherd my people, saying, Why have you not built me a house of cedar? Verse 7, Now therefore, Nathan, you shall say to my servant David, Thus says the Lord of hosts, I took you from the pasture, from following the sheep, to be a ruler over my people of Israel. And I have been with you wherever you went and cut off all your enemies before you. And I will make for you a name like the name of the great ones of the earth. Verse 9, 
I will appoint a place for my people Israel, and I will plant them so that they may live in their own place and be disturbed no more. I'm going to skip to the last part of verse 10. Moreover, I declare to you that the Lord will build you a house. Please notice the value for actual places to be set aside for worship. And I continue the reading. When your days are fulfilled to go to be with your ancestors, I will raise up your offspring after you, one of your sons. By the way, that's Solomon. And I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for me, and I will establish his throne forever. I will confirm my house and my kingdom forever. And the final verse, in accordance with all these words and all this vision, Nathan spoke to David. So this all starts with David's good intentions. I have a good home. I like the feeling of being secure and having a sense of fortitude. So how could I not offer the same for God? So he wants to do what he believes is honorable and a way to secure a space for God. Isn't it true that our homes are meant to amplify our own sense of security and fortitude? Isn't it true that we believe that the church buildings gives us a sense of security and gives us the challenge to learn and grow our faith as long as we come into this place? David thought that. The prophet Nathan initially thought that. And this is telling us, Mm -mm. But God has other plans, and God will make things happen with a different calendar and under different circumstances. There will be a place for people to be planted. The word said God will plant them, God will root them, and God will grow. Yes, but not now. So what are we supposed to do now? I think about what we're going through. What are we supposed to do for the next two weeks, it seems like for the next eight weeks, and possibly extend into indefinitely? What are we supposed to do now? Here are a few life lessons I hope that you hold on to and you share with other people. Do not fear or be troubled because God's presence is secure and present anywhere and everywhere. Next, there is actually no place honorable enough for God's holiness. God infiltrates, God moves in without self-distorting and he comes into my life and your life, into our communities, into the church, and he's the one healing and transforming us. The Bible teaches us that God calls us to gather, yes, and God teaches us to set aside a time and a space for Sabbath, for worship, but it also tells us 
that we don't just go to church. We are to be the church. So today, the encouragement is to believe and to hold on to the truth that we are the church. Some of us have gone to church for years. Some of you have already shared with me. You're over 75 years old. You were born and raised in the church. Some of you have said to me how you went to war to serve for our, uh, our country. You returned and you came back to church and you never, never witnessed what we're witnessing today. So I'm telling you to think about all the lessons and the Bible studies and the sermons and the small group discussions that we've been part of over the years and believe that now is the time to put our faith in action. And the, 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 the church has left the building, but that is not the same as our faith is to be in action and never, ever be suspended. Let's talk about timing. Is there ever a good time to welcome or to be okay with suffering? It's always a bad time for suffering. However, it is always a good time to dig into our faith heels, witnessing how God confirms his dwelling and how God will move us forward. And for that, I will say, yes, and it is right now. Let's talk about plans. How many of our plans have been suspended and altered? I've already heard of prom suspended, weddings postponed, trips planned over the years, surgeries being postponed. Our whole life day to day is being altered. And I go back to the message, to this passage, where David said, I want to build a house for God, but... God had other plans, and the word says, but God said to David, I am going to build you a house. You see, the coronavirus outbreak is taking us by total surprise, and it has forcefully disrupted our lives, and I believe we're going to remember 2020. So how are we, um, how are each of us going to be remembered as individuals and as a church? How will our story be one of faithfulness and fruitfulness? How will our Christian walk be remembered? For that particular time, God had a different mission for David. And I believe that even to my surprise, our mission as First Church is unfolding in a very different way. This may sound silly, but I think it's telling of how times are changing. Some of our elderly have already expressed to me, I don't do technology. I never thought of being part of a worship experience in a computer. And now, we depend on this, and some of you are actually trying their best to get into YouTube and social media and being part of a virtual worship experience. It's new for you, 
and it's new for me. But we are called to be the church and to find ways to continue spreading the gospel. And for those of you who never thought would be tech savvy, miracles happen. You're doing it. Thank you. And lastly, let us speak and behave prophetically. To be the church is more than joining a virtual worship service. I am so glad to hear that quite a few of you are sitting or laying in bed or wearing your PJ still. Wonderful. But please, this is not the time to now make it even easier for us to be the church. In fact, this is the time that we will now pick up our own Bibles and read it at home. Ask your family if, if they're with you. Invite a neighbor to sit and read or listen or watch. This is the time to do our personal devotions. Together, we are to make a priority of tendering and caring for our elderly. This is a time to pick up the phone and to call our more vulnerable. This is a time to call people and ask if they're short on basic essentials. This is a time to say that we're going to pray for them and we're going to show that God is in us by actually giving them what they need. This is a time to volunteer and engage, engage in a phone tree. We are soon going to develop and ask you to join us. We want to call every single person we know that is part of First Church. And for anyone who can, this is a time that we ask that you separate of your abundance and whatever you have stored, one can or one non-perishable item, food. Because before you know it, our partnerships with His Walk Ministry, with Hope for South Florida, with our school bags are going to need a whole lot of help. This is the time to check on our neighbors. This is the time to check on our single parents. This is the time to check on our neighbors who are going through chemo. This is the time to check on, on, on the neighbor's kids' sanity. We are going a little crazy already, and it's just the first week out of school. This is the time to truly communicate beyond a handshake. This is the time to be the church. We will come back to church, but not now. This is the time to be the church. Thank you for your presence, for the communion of the saints, for those worshiping online, for one another, for this unique occasion. We know that nothing can separate us from your great love. In gratitude for that knowledge, we now gather separate from one another, but united, strengthened in you. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.